we are not always faithful to you, but you are always faithful to us. I'm thankful, Lord, that your love never fails. I'm thankful that your mercies are new every morning. Father, we're thankful that we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We're thankful, Lord, that you were willing to humble yourself and take on the form of a man that you might understand and go through and understand the temptations that we face. We're also thankful that as God you were able to raise from the dead and that you are in heavenly pl- that you are now at the right hand of the Father and we're thankful that we are seated with you in heavenly places. We praise you tonight for your holiness and your righteousness and your mercy, your love and your grace. We Lord, we ask tonight in the, in your name that you would strengthen us and help us to understand the word of God. But not, Father, just to hear it, but to do it. Lord, I bind in the name of Jesus, Satan, and his forces from our hearts and our mind. I bind the spirit of pride, the spirit of fear, the spirit of sensuality from our midst tonight. And I pray that you'd help us tonight and continuously to set our affection on things above and not on the things of this earth. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand more fully tonight how to have the armor of God on that we can withstand the devil. Not only withstand him and resist him as we learn from the youth this evening, but that we can also make sure that we resist him by understanding who the real enemy is. And Father, I pray that you'd give us a spirit of humility tonight as we listen. For me as I preach and for those who listen, I pray that we would have ears to hear what your spirit would say tonight. We're thankful for all you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have talked about, we have covered six truths to spiritual warfare. Six truths. Number one, the battle is the Lord's. Who's the battle? Whose is the battle? Lord. So number one? Good. Thank you, Ms. Rochelle. Number one? Number two, closing the doors of doubt. All right, so number two? Number one. Number two. Number three. We wrestle not. We wrestle not, all right? That encompasses we wrestle not against flesh and blood, all right? So number three, we wrestle not. Number three? Number one, number two, number three, number four, be clothed in humility, be clothed in humility. So number four, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. The power of praise and thanksgiving. The power of praise and thanksgiving. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. The power of praise and thanksgiving. All right, good. Number six. Who we are in Jesus Christ. Who we are in Jesus Christ. 
And we could say there, uh, in fact, we will do that instead of saying who we are in Jesus Christ to make it easy, the helmet of salvation. That's what last week was all about. If we understand who we are in Jesus Christ, our mind is prepared, protected by the helmet of salvation, understanding who we are in Jesus Christ. Because Satan, that's how he gets to our mind, gets to us is through our minds. If we understand who we are, he can't get in there. All right? So number six is what? The helmet of salvation. All right, let's try it one more time. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. The helmet of salvation or who we are in Jesus Christ. Good. So starting a few weeks ago without realizing it, we were talking about what we should wear to stand in the evil day. The clothing that we need to have to be ready for spiritual warfare. Be clothed in humility. The power of praise and thanksgiving. Uh, and number, that is more of our attitude, but it's getting, we're preparing for battle. And number, and the next one was the helmet of salvation. Tonight, we are going to talk about the sword of the Spirit, or the weapon of the Word of God. The weapon of the Word of God. You know, it's often said, I've heard it said many times, the best defense is what? A good offense. The best defense is a good offense. That philosophy means, if you, in sports, if you score enough points, it doesn't matter how good, enough, good your defense is. As long as you can keep outscoring the opponent, your defense doesn't matter. Now, obviously, that may or may not work out in particular situations, but the truth is, is we find that in the life of Jesus Christ, Jesus used the Word of God for His defense. When Satan came to Him and tempted, we talked about those a couple of weeks ago, those different temptations. Most of it was not something that Jesus was not supposed to have, it was that Jesus was not supposed to have those things at the time that Satan was offering to give it to him. He was God, uh, sorry, Satan was tempting him with self now. I want what's for me now. I deserve something now. All right? So, but Jesus' defense was the word of God. Jesus' offense was also the word of God. Jesus defended himself, and at the same time he defended himself, that sword of the Spirit drove away, resisted Satan. And when we come to the armor, of the, armor of the, the armor that we're supposed to wear as Christians, Ephesians chapter 6, so far as I can see, there's only one part of that armor that can be used as not only a defensive for defense, but for offense. All the other armor is defense. You have your, your shoes on. You have your loins going about the truth. You have the breastplate of righteousness on. You have your shield of faith. You have the helmet of salvation. But when we come to the sword of the Spirit, it is both. Yes, if Satan is attacking, you are defending yourself with the sword. That's what Jesus did. But then at the same time, he's taking blows back at Satan by using the word of God to go back at him. So the best defense is a good offense. 
If you want to stop Satan, you can use the offensive weapon that Jesus Christ used, and that is the Word of God. I'm saying tonight that the weapon of the Word for you and I is both defensive and offensive. I want us to look at a couple of truths tonight, and under those two truths we'll have some different things, but I want us to look at two truths tonight about the weapon of the Word of God. The weapon of the Word of God. Number one, I want us to realize that it says the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. The word of, in the English language, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, the word of means from or out of. Proceeding from. As in the cause, the source, the means, or the author or agent bestowing. So when we say that the sword of the Spirit, we mean the sword which comes from the Spirit. The sword which proceeds from the Spirit. The Spirit, meaning the Spirit is the source of the sword. Meaning the Spirit is the one who gives you or bestows upon you that sword. We often don't consider this, but God purposely ties in the Word of God with the sword of the Spirit. And it's no wonder that when we are less filled or full of the Spirit, we have less defense and less opportunity to go on the offense. Because the sword is of the Spirit. It is the Spirit that uses the sword in my life. I think it's, a, it's often mis, uh, uh, left out part of the verse we often say the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, and that is true, and we'll get to that. But let us not put out the part that says of the Spirit. We're going to talk about a little later how we can get involved in a very simple, simple, practical way of being filled with the Spirit of God. Jesus was full of the Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Spirit was given to him without measure. Why was Jesus so good at defending himself and also attacking Satan at the same time? Because the sword is from the Spirit and he was full of the Spirit of God. And I'm saying tonight that I believe when it says the sword is of the Spirit, that the more we are full of the Spirit of God, the better we are at defense against Satan. The better we are at not only defending ourselves, but using the sword to drive him away. We often resist Satan in the flesh. Get away from me. No, he didn't get away from me. Get away from me. Oh, it's not working, Brother Jesse. Get away from me. Man, Brother Kenzie, it's not working. Get away from me. The sword of the Spirit. The Spirit is going to give us, as it did, He did Jesus Christ, the Word of God to use at the right time. The Word of God. It is not our abilities. It is not our strength. It is not our determination. It is not our character. It is not our, our upbringing. None of those things are going to drive away Satan. It is simply the sword which comes from the Spirit. You can have a person with little character 
little, little, much little in their upbringing. But if they can get a hold of the truth and become filled with the Spirit, they will do much better at rebuttaling Satan and driving him away than someone who has all the character in the world. I'm not saying character is not important. It is, and I believe the Spirit is going to make a person who is following the Spirit to have more and more character. But I'm saying that just character in itself is not enough. Often we rely on that rather than on the sword of the Spirit. Because the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So what I believe that means because of what Jesus did is that when we are tempted, the more we are filled with the Spirit, the more the Word of God will come into our heart and our mind and we will defend ourselves with the Word of God. Because it's the sword of the Spirit. comes from the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Spirit searcheth our hearts. Romans chapter 8. He is, uh, he is interceding for us. He is doing that how? According to, I think it's verse 29. Maybe, yes, maybe, I think it's 29. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, them He did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Christ. The Spirit is doing a work to conform us to the image of Christ. And therefore, as we are conformed to the image of Christ, we are filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit tells us, hey, use this verse, use this scripture. Uh, I'll show you this in your Bible reading, and if you'll listen to it, it will drive away the temptations of Satan. Number one, the sword is of the Spirit, and it is the Word of God. Number two, I want us to understand what the Word is to us. What the Word is to us. And I say is because I want us to notice, I'm going to go through four different things here, and each time that the Word is mentioned in these different verses, it's in present tense. It is talking about something the Word is doing or doing in us or for us, but God always uses it in present tense. And I want us to understand that because it shows us that just like we learned last week, we are seated already right now in heavenly places. The word is right now these things for us, not going to be. Number one, the word is a lamp. The word is a lamp. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light Unto my path. How often do we get in a difficult time in our lives? We beg God for direction. We ask everybody for their opinion of direction. We do a lot and we pray and we beg for direction, but we never get into the Word of God. And the Bible says, The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I don't know where to go, the Word is there. It is a lamp. It, the Bible doesn't say the Word was a lamp or the Word will be a lamp. It says the Word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. The problem is, is that we're not accessing what is available to us. David said in Psalms 119, 105, Order my steps in thy Word. I believe 
that as we go through God's word, God can use his word to guide my steps today and tomorrow, even in major decisions of my life. No, sometimes God's word doesn't say, okay, go to this place, do that, go to this place and do that. It, not specifically by name, but I believe that if I am in tune with the Spirit of God and I'm in His Word, it, just as, it can be just as plain to me as if it did say those things. Because God promises, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path. David had that understanding. Order my steps in Thy Word. Now David didn't have near as much of the Word of God as we have. But still, in what David had, his steps were ordered in the Word of God. Because the sword, it is the sword of the Spirit. The Spirit can guide our steps, our, our, our direction through the Word of God. I can give you some very good examples, but for time's sake, I won't tonight, of how God has led me down specific paths through His Word. Number net, uh, number no letter B or number two under what the word is. Number one, it is a lamp. Number two, through the word of God, we are clean. Through the word of God, we are clean. Turn over to John chapter fifteen and verse three. John chapter 15 and verse 3. Let's, let's read verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Jesus did not say to his disciples... I have given you the word, and so you're going to be clean. He didn't say, someday you'll get to the place where you are clean. He said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. I believe there is a spiritual truth here that if we grasp onto, we would understand that you and I have who we are in Jesus Christ. God has been cleansing us and is cleansing us and will cleanse us. And it's always through the word. We're so often discouraged and defeated by Satan because we don't have the helmet of salvation on. But if we can understand this truth, you are clean by the word of, word of God. You are are clean by the word of God. Think about what God has done in your life, where you were in the past, and realize that you are clean through the word of God. The truth is, is if you will find out and read Hudson Taylor's writings, you will find out that this truth transformed Hudson Taylor to be what he was for God. He was always thinking that I had to somehow do something just right to please God. And one day he came across and said, God said, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. The word is a lamp. The word is a cleanser. Hey, do we need cleansing? Listen to the word of God. Do we need cleansing? Read the word of God. Do we need cleansing? Memorize the word of God. The Word makes us clean. We are clean through the Word which is spoken unto us.
Number four. Number three. The Word is Spirit. Look at John 6.63. John chapter 66. John chapter 6, sorry, verse 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That means made, makes alive, gives life. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. I want you to understand tonight, when the Bible says the word, I'm sorry, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that same exact Greek word spirit, the sword of the spirit, is the word that is used here. My words are spirit. You get it? I want to give you the simplest recipe in the world to becoming spirit-filled. Fill yourself with this book. We often think it's some out there far difficult thing to do. And Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the spirit that makes alive. Hey, and the words I'm speaking unto you, they are spirits. That to me simply says this, all I have to do to be more filled with the spirit of God is put more of this inside of myself. That simple. It's not some complicated formula, 10 pages or a whole book, although there's lots that can be written about the Spirit of God. It is as simple as the more I want to be, the more I want the Spirit, the more I've just simply got to put the Word of God in my heart. The more I listen to it, the more I become filled with the Spirit. The more I hear it preached, the more I become filled with the Spirit. The more I read the Word of God, the more I become filled with the Spirit. But let me tell you this, this right here. And this will transform your life if you will just do it. Memorize the Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. If you want to become a Spirit-filled Christian, give, take one simple step and say, I am going to start memorizing the Word of God. Because God says, Jesus said, my Word is The reason why we don't defend ourselves against Satan and we can't drive him away is because we are not filled with the Spirit. We are not full of the Word of God. Because we're not full of the Word of God, the right verses don't come to us at the right time when we're tempted by the wrong things. Jesus defended himself because he was full of the Word of God. He is the Word of God. And so every time Satan tempted, the Word of God spewed out. And you and I simply have to be filled with the Spirit. Filled with the Word of God. You understand the, 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 you understand the, the, the impact that this can make, but how simple it really is? It's not easy. The, word, the Christian life is never easy, but it, I believe the Christian life is very simple. I think it's R.A. Torrey that said that 
It's not complicated. If God tells you to be filled with the Spirit, then He's not going to make us something that's so hard to figure out how to do. It's got to be able to, you got to be able to figure out how to do what God tells you to do. And if it's, it, therefore, it should be easy, and it is easy. It's simply be filled with the Spirit. Number four, the Word is life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The spirit makes alive. That means his words make alive. Feeling dead tonight spiritually? It's all right here. Is your marriage dead? My words are life, Jesus said. Is your family dying spiritually? Jesus said, my words are life. Is, if a church is dead, how do we revive it? My words are life. February of last year, I was spending time prayer and fasting, asking God for our church in, in Ghana, two churches, and one was pretty, pretty new, and so they were excited, and they were growing, and they were, they, were, they, were, they were new Christians, so everything was new to them, and they were wanting to do everything they could do because they knew now their life is supposed to be different. But the first church we started was then three years old, around three years old, and all that newness and all that excitement and all that change had begun to wore off. And I could sense it when I would come into church, especially during the midweek services, but even on Sunday mornings, I began to pray and say, God, what can I do? How in the world do I revive these people? What can I do to make the Christian life exciting for them again? God gave me one simple truth. Get them to memorize Scripture. I began from that point on on Thursday night for one church and Friday night for the other church, rather even than preaching a message, forgive me, rather than even preaching a message, we spent the whole time memorizing Scripture. I would tell them, this is the verse for the week. I gave them a list, and I gave them some incentive. There was a big conference in a nearby city an hour and a half away. And I said, anybody that wants to go to this conference, I've got 28 verses. And if you'll do 20 of the 28 verses, I'll send you to the conference. I'll pay for your food. I'll pay for you to stay. I'll do everything for you. At the beginning, everybody was a little bit nervous because I would make them stand up in front of the whole church and quote their scripture. And if you've ever been to Ghana or if you'll come to Ghana someday, they love to make fun of each other. So if somebody makes a mistake, everybody else, ah! <laughs> oh, and they'll all sit down, oh. But I'm telling you, I watched them begin to memorize scripture. And I began to watch revival come into that church. I began to watch as they would be excited when they would come to church on Wednesday night. And they couldn't wait to jump up and say, I want to be first. I want to quote my scripture. Romans chapter, I had a, I, God gave me an agenda at the same time. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. Romans chapter 3, verse 12. Romans 3, 23. Romans 6, 23. Romans, Romans 5, 8. Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 10. Hey, we gave them all the scripture verses. And by the way, most of them now know how to give the gospel simply because they memorize so much scripture. But I truly saw 
men and women and children revived. I began to watch as one of the men in my church, I began to see that God was doing something in his life. I couldn't understand. It wasn't because I had spent so much time with him. It was very difficult to spend time with. He's a farmer. He's got, uh, I don't know, six or eight children, a whole bunch of them. He's busy all the time. He's always got about two or three farms that he's working on, and he's busy. But I began to watch as that man, I could tell God's spirit was moving on that man. And I realized the word is spirit, and the word is life. One day I came to church, and he's our song leader. God willing, at the uh, missions conference, you'll see some video of him leading singing. Man, he gets our people going, going, going good. I love Brother Nicholas when he, uh, a pastor, a pastor seeing him lead singing. Gets, he gets real excited. As he's leading singing one day, I felt like, man, God's spirit is on this man. And it was like God said to me, hey, you need to have this man preach today. And I said, have this guy preach. I don't even know what he'd preach. I said, uh, certainly it's just how I'm feeling because he's doing such a good job getting the people fired up, you know. I kind of pushed it off and I stood up to preach and my translator stood up and all as soon as he stood up, he's like, oh, pastor, I'm sick. I got to go. I'm sorry. I said, okay, God. Brother Nicholas, why don't you come and preach for us? <laughs> Brother Nicholas got up and preached. He preached, <laughs> he preached so excitedly, so full of fire that day. The people sat there with eyes wide, and they, they said, Pastor, we just want you to know that if ever you have to leave, Brother Nicholas can preach for us. <laughs> Brother Nicholas has preached many times since I've been gone. What happened? What began to transform his life? The Word of God. Memorize the Word of God. I won't take time tonight, but it, oh, I guess I won't. Wow, I'm late. If you study Proverbs chapter 2, it gives you a whole bunch of promises of God. God will do this and this and this and this and this and this, and you say, Wow, how could God do all that? And then you back up a little bit at the beginning of the chapter, and it says, if you incline your ears and you search for her as for hid treasures, and you do this, you do that. I read that one time. I said, man, how can I do all that, Brother Jesse? And then I read verse 1. If you'll receive my word and hide my commandments with you. That's all. Memorize the word of God. What, re what brought the Reformation in Germany? 1500s people had the word of God what brought the transformation to America at the beginning of America if you'll study history you'll find out that they were bringing over shiploads of the King James Bible King George began to realize that what he was doing and sending over Bible was defeating himself because when the people got the Bible in their own language it began to say hey what we've been taught by the Church of England isn't true anymore. We don't know it's not. We, now we know it's not true. What brought about the revival, the Reformation, the Word of God? I'm saying to you tonight, I'm asking you, how much do you want to be changed? 
You realize that Reformers Unanimous, which is an addictions program, if you look, go through their materials, you, you know what the whole focus is? Putting the Word of God in over and over and over and over again. You know what the goal for us ought to be? We'll call it, instead of R-U-C-U, conformers, be conformed to the image of Christ. All we have to do is fill people with God's Word. Because God's Word is spirit. And it is life. I want to challenge you tonight. This is the invitation. I want to challenge you to memorize Romans chapter 6. Each person. When I was in Germany and decided that I wanted to be something different someday in the future than what I felt like I was right then, God led me to Romans chapter 6. I began to memorize Romans chapter 6 and continued through a lot of chapters. And the Word of God began to change me. I went to my son, Grant, and I said, Grant, I, be, I began to lay out a plan for him to become what I felt like would be a man of God someday for his house. And the, one of the first things I asked him to do is memorize Romans chapter 6. Brett has memorized Romans chapter 6. I believe if we memorize the Word of God, we will be filled with the Spirit of God. And when Satan comes and he tempts us, the sword of the Spirit will not only defend us, but it will drive him away. I made a chart, very simple chart. Can I get a couple guys to help me hand these out? This is just for you to help you to have an idea to make a plan for memorizing Romans chapter 6. This is something that helped me to memorize, getting started in memorizing Romans chapter 6. I'll give it to you and then I'll explain it in about one minute and we'll be done. I've made it into 30 segments. There's 60 boxes, but there's 30 segments. Where it says read, and underneath it there's memorize. Those are, that's one, one, one day. And if you go to the right, read and memorize, that's the second day. So there's 30 total. And here's what I want you to do. Number one, read the whole chapter. Romans chapter 6. And work on memorizing one verse of that chapter. Just one. The next day, read the whole chapter, and depending on how good you are at memorizing, memorize, practice, read, work on memorizing one verse. If you have to work on memorizing one verse for all 30 days, fine. But keep reading the whole chapter every day. What you will find is that by the time you get to the end of the 30 days and you've read Romans chapter 6 for 30 days, you'll almost have it memorized because you've read it so many times. And I encourage you to keep reading it every day until you have it memorized. And don't trust yourself for memorization. When you get to where you think you've got a verse or verses memorized, go to somebody in your family in the church and say, I want to quote this verse to you. I want to quote these verses to you. Some of you, you may do good at one verse at a time. Some of you may do good at chunks of verses at a time. I don't know. Everybody's different. 
But I believe if you will use this, start with Romans 6. After Romans 6, God can lead you. I went, through, I went from Romans 6 to verse, chapter 7 to chapter 8 to chapter 9. Then I went back 1 through 5. If you will do that, you will begin to see something drastically different in your life. Because as you get filled with this word, you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. It's not hard. I'm sorry, it's not, diff it's not complicated. It's simple. My word is spirit, and my words are life. You're either right now saying, nah, I'm no good at me. Or you just decide, you know, the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's, it's the Word of God that's going to make a difference. And, and folks, how are we going to battle the enemy the way Jesus battled the enemy if we don't have the Word of God in us to battle the enemy? The Holy Spirit will bring out of us what's been, what has been... And, and I'm telling you, what he just said about the reading, this is so vital. If you'll just read it and read it and read it and read it, just like he said, every day for 30 days, I'm going to tell you, you're going to come into a situation somewhere, somehow, and that passage is going to come out of you. And you're going to think, why well, I haven't memorized that one yet. was somewhere in the somewhere in the 90s I uh, I heard Bill Howell say several times that he read through the book of Proverbs uh, every week of his life uh, or for 40 years and I decided and I haven't done it for 40 years but I decided that there for about two and a half year period along with all my other Bible reading I, I would read through the book of Proverbs every week uh, for about two and a half years. And I'll be honest with you, it was just transforming because so many things that I needed or questions that needed to be answered or situations I was in, it just started coming out. 